and welcome to episode three of the Pets at Home Puppy Podcast. And joining me in the studio again this time, we have Maria Woolens with her lovely puppy Rags, who's currently sat on Claire North from North Canine Training. Stolen her. <laughs> she has stolen her. She's beautiful. And also joining us, we've got um, Head of Pets and Vet Colleen Herman. Hello to all of you. Hello. And I'm just going to have to lean over and give Rags a little stroke. <laughs> oh, look at that face. She's adorable. So uh, Rags was a guest. Uh, Maria's puppy Rags is 15 weeks old and she's a golden doodle. And she's just adorable. So if I just start drifting off it's because i'm i've just got a puppy next to me and i'm just going to adore her so this uh podcast episode is all about your first visit to the vet we're going to cover the importance of vaccinations talk a little bit about neutering and generally um this is colleen this is really your area this is your takeover podcast because um you're our vet in residence so just to kick off i mean getting a new puppy is exciting for all the family but there's lots to think about and it's worth taking the time, I guess, to research your local vet. Your vet can give you loads of advice or the nurses um, be, before you get a pet. So it can even help you choose a puppy, a breed, or even give you a heads up on some reputable breeders in the area because they'll probably be seeing the litter. So um, they might be able to give you some advice on that as well. You can also pre-register with your vet before you get a pet. So there is a little bit of paperwork oh, involved, right. obviously. Yeah, so it's just giving your details, your name, address, contact telephone numbers. They're really important if your puppy or dog is ever at the vets and they need to contact you. So make sure you give them lots of phone numbers. And and the registration oh, process is a bit <laughs> is a bit different okay? um, in, in different practices. So you know it might be that you can do it over the phone. Other practices might have you fill in a questionnaire when you first go in. I don't know what. Your experience was, Maria, did you know you had a vet already because you had pets already? Yes, I already had a vet, been with this one for a few years now. So we've basically, we've taken her in. Added rags on to your account that you had already. How many is that now? How many have you got on your account? Uh, (laughs) 6, 12, 13, 14. No way. They won't take the fish, otherwise it'd be more. Wow. (laughs) Okay, so I've now got to write a whole new episode about Maria and her 15 pets anyway sorry Colleen yeah, that's fine. as you were um, so yeah some some vets will take more details than others so you, you'll find some practices like I said will have you fill in a questionnaire and they will want to know everything you know what food you feed your dog um, things they like whereas other practices will maybe just ask you those questions more more in a consult so really important you find a vet that you like and trust I think um, obviously you had one already but if you've not had a pet before before you get your puppy just go around a few practices and, and find out where you like the look and feel and the people, I think it's quite important. And so then, yeah, you've got your first visit with your puppy. How did Rags's go? Uh, fine. To be fair, it was just a visit, just to sort of like sniff say out the, the situation and, and say hi and get weighed. She'd come with the microchip and, and the vaccinations. So she was um, fully vaccinated already? Yes, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I think most people would only, well, first go to their vet to get the the second or third part of all vaccinations. But I think you've given a really good example there. There's no reason if your puppy's had those vaccinations already or they're not due for another few weeks, you can still go see your vet and just, like you said, say hello. It's a really good part of socialization. Getting some treats, having a good experience at the practice can really help future visits go smoother. But if if we go to that first 
sort of health check, whether you're having vaccinations or not, your vet will be asking you a lot of questions. So be prepared. Like what, what kind of thing can you expect so to be asked? They will ask you, you know, not difficult questions, but um, how long have you had your puppy? Where did you get it from? How are they settling in? What food are they on? What flea and worm treatment have they already had? What vaccinations have they already had? Have you got any paperwork that's come with your puppy that we, you know, need to see? So I'm thinking about things like obviously the vaccine certificate, maybe the breeder. Often they give you a little sheet with sort of all the information on about your puppy and, and products they've had, um, flea and worm products, etc. So be prepared to share all that with your vet. And if they don't ask for it, just tell them everything, you know, about your puppy so far. And then the second part is obviously... Sorry, we're just laughing because <laughs> Ranks has suddenly decided to explore the studio. Don't worry, you crack up. I have, yeah, what, that's I have fine. one eye on you and one and eye on Ranks. And that's what we want yeah. them to do in a consult as well. So really that first half of the consultation, you just want the puppy to... Um, <laughs> She's yeah. now drinking out of whoever left that glass of water on the floor. Because <laughs> that's, that's, um, that water is obviously so much better than the one in the bowl, yeah. the stuff in the bowl. She says, hold it for me, hold it for me and let me drink out of it. It's much more interesting to drink. Human slave. <laughs> The second part of the consultation will be physically checking your puppy, so doing doing the health check. And again, every vet is kind of different in, in which way they go, but I think you'll find most people sort of go nose to tail, and that's what I would do. So checking um, nose, eyes, ears um, for things like dirt or ear mites or lots of wax, any abnormalities on the eyes, maybe some eyelashes that are growing in the wrong place and irritating the eyes or eyelids that are um, sort of folded the wrong way. Looking in the mouth, looking for things like a cleft palate, which some puppies are born with, or even um, misalignment of the jaw. I mean, would a, would a layman person know what a cleft palate is or is that something that a vet would actually have to... If it's a small defect, it might be difficult to see. So then as an owner, you might not always see it. If it was a really big defect, it's unlikely a puppy would have made it all the way for you to buy it without any problems um, because it'd be quite difficult for them to drink or eat. But again, it's something... um, Vets um, should always check for. Um, and sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm just not laughing. You're just burst out laughing. We just had to. Claire's just had to give Rags a toy because um, she was taking a great interest in the cables, but now she's very happy sorry, with her new crinkly toy. Sorry, the rustling was trying to distract the uh, 15-week-old puppy. Um, sorry, Colleen. No, no that's fine. So yeah, after sort of examining the head, like I said, the ears for wax or maybe even ear mites, you'll probably see them feel around the neck a bit and that's where there's some glands called lymph nodes which can indicate if they're swollen it can be a sign of lots of different things but it's something vets will feel for so yeah moving on from the head a vet would would listen to the chest and that's quite important because they'll be listening to the heart quite carefully right. um, for any abnormal rate or rhythm or something called a murmur which basically just means turbulent blood flow so a murmur per se doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing but what it can be blood, blood flow then blood what, flow what, what? so that can be because a valve is maybe a little bit leaky or there's a hole in the heart or it can just be normal for that puppy just um, an irregular heart rate 
Well, or just a sound that the blood makes when it goes in that heart, but actually right. the, the heart itself is, is fine. So I've got a heart murmur, for example, but it's what we'd call a physiological heart murmur. So it doesn't necessarily mean there's anything wrong with my heart and I don't have any problems with it. But obviously it was investigated when it was first heard. And, and the same with a puppy. If, if a vet heard a heart murmur listening to your puppy's chest, obviously you're going to be concerned, but it, it doesn't necessarily mean it's it's something really bad. I think sometimes people think a murmur is a disease, but but it's not. It's a, a sign of something else. And, and that can be anything from something completely innocent that we don't need to worry about all the way up to, yeah, more, more serious issues. So it definitely needs investigating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And murmurs can come and go as well. So, you know, it might be that the vet notices a murmur at the first consult and then says, actually, let's just wait and see. Um, next time you come in with your puppy, listen again and let's hear whether it's still there. So they, they can come and go. Um, so definitely something to discuss, but not um, necessarily something to worry about straight away. They will also listen to the lungs for any crackles or noises or any any abnormal noises there. And then on to feeling the abdomen, making sure it's nice and soft and relaxed. There's no enlarged organs or abnormal areas that are maybe really painful or tense or or blockages. Although if there was a problem like that, you'd, you'd hope know there's, there's symptoms yeah. Yeah, to go with it. We'd always, well, this is maybe more true in, in cats than dogs, but always double check the sex. You know, it's not unusual to get, like I said, often more cats, but a kitten called Princess, which then ends up being mm-hmm. a, a boy. <laughs> I think that happens quite a bit. So again, just with dogs, just we're on the safe side, always check, um, check the sex. And especially with male dogs, making sure that both testicles are out there. So there is a condition called cryptorchidism, which is quite a long word, but basically means um, undescended testicles. So testicles they grow in the abdomen and then they sort of fall down basically so they're visible to the outside sometimes one or both of them don't do that and they stay in the abdomen or they kind of stay in the um sort of inguinal area genital area under the skin you can sometimes feel them but not quite where where they're supposed to be and so that that's something to check because if they don't descend often vets will wait sort of six maybe even 12 months to see whether the the second one second testicle does descend if that doesn't happen unfortunately the one that stays in the abdomen is at quite high risk of developing cancer later on in life so it just means you need to be sure to have your dog neutered and the vet will have to go and find that second one and make sure that's removed as well and once that's done nothing nothing to worry about so isn't it but i was just about to make a flippant joke there about dropping balls but i I won't because it's a a very important subject and yeah so just make sure you check the rear end make sure there's two of two things that should be in a pair should be there showing Not um, something you have to worry no, about not with ladies, because um, being being a female dog. The other thing that should check for on the tummy is the sort of belly button area or umbilical area, because sometimes puppies can have a hernia there. So a hernia just means there's a defect um, with the, the muscles and abdominal wall. So bits of fat or sometimes even bits of, of intestine can poke through and sit under the skin. So there might be a little bulge there of where um, something's poked out. Don't worry, you can't see it on the outside. It's under the skin. But often you can feel a little a little yeah. hole basically in, in the body wall. One. 
<laughs> there we go. You know, like a heart murmur. It's things yeah. that, you know, we it's see in all be, different yeah, species. Just, just a little lump. And again, it depends on the size of it. The bigger it is, obviously, the more likely that organs can poke through and that can be potentially yes. quite serious. If they're quite small and it's just a little bit of fat, again, nothing to sort of immediately worry about. But again, when, when it comes to nutrient time, I would usually recommend that that defect just gets closed and, and then, you know, it's it's closed and again, no no consequences later in life. Okay. So I just wondering, Maria, you, you, you didn't have any issues when you took rags. She's um complete hundred percent working order. It appears to be, okay. yeah. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> well that's good news. <laughs> Sorry, Carleen. So um other than the questions that the vet will be asking you and the things that you will be checking what other sort of questions or what, what happens next after that at the first vet visit? So that really depends on what, what your puppies had already. Um, so obviously yours, um, Rags, was already um, fully vaccinated, but most puppies will still need part of their course. So generally puppies get their first vaccine between six and eight weeks, a second one at 10 weeks and often the final one at 12 weeks. But so they're all jabbed. They should be jabbed. The first, have their first should, vaccination. They should ideally have had one before. Right. I think, again, it's, it's. I don't know if you agree, Claire, but probably a sign of a good breeder if they've gone through the effort of already having their puppies vet checked and have that first first vaccine and not leave it all to the to the new owner. But part of the course often still needs completing, especially if you if you get your puppy at eight weeks. I don't know what age you got rags we at. We took rags on at 12 weeks. There you go. So yeah. she would have had her full course. Um, and puppies... Um, get vaccinated for for everything in the first puppy course. So as I said, it's it's several injections, and then after that, it's an annual booster. So they don't need to come back for for several visits every year. And well, which diseases a vet vaccinates against in in older years of, of dogs? And um, that really depends on where you live and your lifestyle. So that's something to to discuss with your vet. Flea and worming as well depends a bit on the individual dog and what they've already had. But puppies will have worms. They get them from mum. Okay, so it, it might not be anything you've done. They they might just have yeah. Just yeah. Them Worms from the are very mom. clever, so they know when a dog is pregnant, and they will try and do their best to get into the puppies wow. as well, because that's how they spread. Just because yeah. they're small doesn't mean they're not intelligent. Yeah, and you know, puppies stick their nose in everything, anything and everything, so they are a little bit more likely to to pick up um, where do you pesky pick worms? parasites. I mean, where are where are parasites, particularly worms? I mean, just where outside, just and everywhere. Yeah, other dogs poo, livestock's poo. Is it yeah. just poo, or is it like food? stuffs as well I mean was it mainly um, mainly poo mainly, mainly poo. I would say mainly poo yeah but see when you have a new puppy you talk about poo a lot so yeah you just gotta get yeah past this. oh god no I, I just <laughs> it's a delight I just like babies, poo a lot and I've had you know. my dog for nine years your own, your own dog's <laughs> poo is never as bad as other dog's poo no, 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 sure. absolutely <laughs> so, um so yeah the flea the flea and worming um really important that that is up to date and 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 that you continue that so again depends a bit on your lifestyle as to which parasites you want to protect your dog from and when. So if you're not in a particularly area where there's a lot of ticks, you might not worry about ticks. So you worry about ticks less in in winter, potentially. Fleas and, and roundworms and tapeworms, however, I would say all dogs need protecting from those all year round. So So that's an ongoing um, thing. Clearly they're going to be, you're going to have all these done anyway, but what, what would a tapeworm do to a 
It's just too nasty to talk so about. I don't worms. want to bring, bring everything down, guys, but it's <laughs> different, it's different, worms, different worms live in different places. So tapeworm and roundworms, um, which are the sort of most common worms we see in, in dogs, live in, in the intestines. So what they do is they feed on gut content. Right. Um, so they're depriving your puppy of, of, of nutrition, basically. Okay. Um, they can also damage the gut wall. So they could be lasting damage. The guts will get inflamed because there's something nibbling and living in it um Oy. yeah and you might even see them coming out the back end um so tapeworms are very clever um they're sort of ribbon like and they, they're made out of lots of different segments so they'll release a segment and that will go in the poo of the dog um so they look a little bit like grains of rice tapeworm yes. segments whereas roundworms sorry everything's got food and allergies isn't it but generally people say it looks like spaghetti so if you're seeing <laughs> spaghetti in your dog's food that's a sure sign of, okay. of worms but you don't always see them so all vets will recommend to just worm them preventatively and to keep doing that um, as, all as year a, round. As a going forward for general maintenance always check for bits of rice and things that look like spaghetti in your puppy's food. Get, get used to examining your dog's food, <laughs> yeah. consistency, colour, It's a whole frequency. science, it's interesting. It, but it tells you a lot of stuff, you know, yeah. your dog can't tell you how they feel so yeah. things like what the poo looks like can be, can be quite a, a good side, I don't know. What, what a rags poo's like. Oh, wow. <laughs> Have they um, changed? They're okay. I think she's had one or two which were squishy. Yeah. Um, but I, I, think, I think as you're supposed to term is like a sausage yeah. on, on the index or yeah. something. So, so, so yes. You so, want them to be relatively there's a, there's firm. There's a poo index. Sorry, oh, yeah. you just mentioned an index. It's yeah, yeah. a poo index. It, it goes from... <laughs> Where can I read the poo index? <laughs> it goes from water pretty much all the way up to sort of rock-like consistency and oh everything goodness. in between so a lot of vets now will offer almost like a puppy package or right. a health plan well um, actually yeah, i was going to say that health plans and insurance yeah. is this important at this stage yeah, or is which, it something um so health plans and insurance are two completely different things okay. so i think that's something some people might get a bit confused about so your health plan takes care of your preventative health care so things that you should be doing all year round when your puppy or dog is healthy so that would cover things like nutrients vaccination flea and worm right whereas insurance is you would draw up on your insurance if your dog gets ill or injured so right. if they break a leg if they eat something silly that needs removing surgically things like that that's what insurance is for so really important um i would say to to get both do you the, see a lot of that People, uh, people, puppies eating crazy yeah. things. Yes. I saw a case uh, the other day. A friend of mine sent me some x-rays of a dog that had eaten a whole load of metal stuff. So an x-ray, <gasps> metal is really obvious. It's very white. So you could immediately see there was stuff in there. And then um, obviously they had to surgically remove it, which is quite a big procedure. Oh so word. ideally you want to avoid that. There was, was right? um, there was screws, spanners and nails. How in did that you get a spanner think down the um, of a puppy? Uh, um, a, a two keys as well and a little padlock. My my best one that I had. I'm probably that really I not very tasty. Open up. I mean, no, but it'll why? eat anything. Gravel. Some dogs are, are are really bad. I think my best one was um, two nappies, a pair of football oh. socks, two bras, and one pair of pants. Two bras. Two bras. Yeah. I mean, just that's really annoying because they're really expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 
Owen's Owen's seen um, a Labrador, right? And it's off a Labrador, yeah, isn't Labrador's it? Labrador's horrendous for eating things. Is it because they're bored, or is it just because puppies are just starving? Yeah, they just have that need to eat everything. We drive. We give him a toy. And he, just, and he just swallowed it in front of me. I was oh like, oh, good Lord. Lord. So I tried to fish it. Anyway, he was sick with the toy and proceeded to stick out another 11 toys <gasps> and nobody knew they were in there. Oh, my So this is, see what I'm saying about watching? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. About watching so, yeah. Not observing, Be observing. Puppies. Yeah, Definitely. count the toys if you've got a Labrador. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Do a toy count. Well, even when they start time. destroying a toy. Good grief. Remove it and chuck it because, obviously, once a toy is half destroyed, it's easier to pick bits out of it and more likely for them to yeah, then stuffing. eat parts of it yeah, yeah stuffing that it might expand in the stomach or... yeah I've never seen anything that was an experience I don't know why I think that's more shocking than a spanner and two keys and sometimes again like what Claire said sometimes they come in for one thing that you know they've eaten that they shouldn't yeah. so I remember seeing a staffy puppy that had eaten a packet of paracetamol <gasps> or ibuprofen oh I think owner's ibuprofen so we made made a puppy sick so it sicked up the packet of pills but also about 24 crayons different <laughs> colors of crayons um, oh so yeah they just they yeah. just don't eat yeah. anything yeah friend of mine's dog ate a whole box of celebration chocolates all well, in what, the, who wouldn't all, all in the wrappers when oh the, no when okay the vet that's, the that's crazy all came out in the wrappers still in the wrappers <laughs> oh, really oh, oh my yeah, word it's not, it's honestly what well also plus chocolate is incredibly yeah, bad for dogs bad. Yeah. Very so yeah very uh yeah definitely poisonous yeah, um we'll, so be, we'll be covering no, that off in the nutrition no episode yeah yeah Wow. Okay. Sorry. I, we digressed a bit there, but that is just, oh my God, unbelievable stories. I'm sure that you've got both got plenty of those. That, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> my goodness. Sorry. I can't get over the 11 toys. Anything Rags has eaten? Yeah. That Not she so far. Is she, she paying attention? Is she sort of yeah, curious like going, about. I can beat that. I can beat No, she, um, she does like to pick virtually anything up, though. She's already had a plug cover. Oh, right. Um, okay, so, so anything on the floor. So, yeah. So, you know, it is a case, like you say, watching and just yeah. going, right, drop I'm it. Just checking the floor so we're thinking drop it might be the first proper cue that, that we get her to follow. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So yeah. just on a little side note for that, just a little bit of advice swapping. So, if you've got a dog that likes to pick up things, and a lot of puppies do, some more than others, what they're picking up is important to them. So they don't want you always to take it from them. So don't get into this habit of grabbing puppy and taking out of their mouth, because what that's going to do for you long term, it's going to make them more possessive over the items they have, more likely to swallow them. Yes. I've seen dogs, oh, dogs would very often rather swallow it than give it to you because yeah. that's dogs, it's important. Certainly so absolutely get into the habit of, like you say, creating a drop or a swap. So have something around you, some nice treats, something like that. Tell the dog, thank you, take it, give him something else. Yeah. So it can be another one of his toys, it can be a food item, so that they start to want to, basically you want them to show you what they've got. So like you stole my socks, wow, that's amazing, good dog, and they come all happy, oh my God, here it is, here's the socks. <laughs> and then thank you for me, that's for you, do a swap. The quicker that you get that relationship established is definitely better than the their yeah. option because they swallowed the spanner or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh no that's that's really useful advice yeah definitely thank you so claire i guess um what you mentioned to me off mic a minute ago was that you don't want your puppy to associate going to the vet with all the bad things which is clearly why you take them 
So would you suggest yeah. taking them otherwise? Yeah, absolutely. So if you think about reasons why you go to the vets, it's usually for things like your annual booster or heaven forbid, but puppy's not well. So when you go there, it's not going to make a necessarily a positive experience for the dog. And therefore that's going to make them not want to go and not like the vet and these kind of things. So a lot of dogs are very difficult in the vets. So what we would look to do really and you know, I work with a lot of vets and none of them would would mind at all that you would make time, just small sections, five minutes to go into the vet, make it a nice experience for puppy. So have them in the waiting room, play with them, feed them, go home again. Maybe have a nurse consult. So literally nurse just... They're used to going up on the feet, table. Yeah, and being just, felt, I guess, by another yeah, person. But nothing, opened, yeah, yeah. but nothing happens that's... that's bad as such yeah. so you know so that they're like oh this is good when I come here I get fed I get fussed I, it's nice that's really important because if the worst case scenario happens and puppy is injured or poorly and needs to go there they're already going to be really stressed so they're going to need something doing they're not in a happy place and then it's going to make more stress so if they have a nicer association with that place what we hope is it makes it a little bit easier a little bit easier. and sometimes that gets worse over the years as well isn't there I'm thinking of you know kennel cough vaccine which often a lot of puppies are absolutely fine it's a vaccine um some drops that you have to squirt up the nose Ooh. um not with a needle or anything just with a syringe yeah. but it's obviously not yeah, it's still not that pleasant experience <laughs> yeah. and actually it's not unusual for dogs when they because they get it every year to after a few years start resenting it more and more to yeah. the point that it can be really difficult to examine their eyes or their mouth because as soon as you go near their face they think you're you're about to yeah. do this kind of vaccine so really important i would agree with claire to get those associations yeah and another thing that i would talk about and a lot of people don't like the idea of this but it's a very valuable thing to do i would always muzzle train dogs so what not so muzzle training so teaching them that to wear the muzzle and i might use like um i might spread something inside the muzzle a little bit of dare i say squeezy cheese or something like that that they want to put their head in there they like it not because they need to wear it frequently but because again I'm, I'd be looking at if the worst case scenario happened and my dog was injured he's going to be hurting and for treatment purposes he may need to be muzzled if that's never happened to him I'm putting another massive stress on my dog yeah. so I would always rather that that was just a thing that we were happy with so just build it into your training no that's a really good idea Claire, really interesting, um, and I completely agree about, obviously, taking your puppy to the vet frequently and for non-booked appointments in a way or, or not because you, they need a vaccination or, or they're, they're poorly. And I guess the fact that pets at home have a lot of vets in store might help with that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I love this concept. So what, we, what I personally see, so I work in several of the pets at home stores and do puppy parties with the vets and puppy training with the in-store vet as well is that the dogs are a lot more comfortable because they're coming into an environment that essentially is fun. So we can come in, we can walk around the store, we can pick a toy, which all dogs do, don't they? They can raid the biscuit bar and all this kind of thing. Then they go and they have their appointment, but then when they come back out, they've also got that again if, if we a need to. So they can yeah. spend time there um, and it makes a really positive experience. I definitely think that the dogs that are in that environment are more relaxed, more comfortable. This is what That's I see frequently, you. yeah. I'm making my own notes here. It's just sorry, rude of me while you're talking. This is, <laughs> there's so much information coming out. This is great. Okay, so I guess one big decision 
when getting a dog is um, neutering. So, Colleen, would you recommend getting a puppy neutered? Uh, if so, at what age? What are your thoughts on neutering? So it's definitely a conversation to have with, with your vet as soon as possible. It's a bit of a minefield, the whole neutering. You're probably fine if you ask 10 vets, they'll tell you 10 yeah. different things. Also depends on you, your lifestyle and your dog, their individual personality, but their, their breed as well. So Dogs can be neutered from usually it's around six months, we say, um, both male and female dogs. But the advice for female dogs, especially whether to do it before or after a season, there's pros and cons for each. So I don't know, um, Maria, whether you looked into it or what advice you got from um, it. We have conflict uh, at home. I'm saying we'll get a neutered and we'll get a neutered as early as yeah. we can. Husbands go in. Not sure I want a neutered number. Why? What's his thinking behind that then? <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> <laughs> why, do you, why do you want her neutered? I, I suppose it's quite selfish. I don't want to have to deal with the the whole season mm-hmm. and things Absolutely, like that. Yeah. Also, if they're not going to have babies, is it more, if you're not going to breed from them, is it more healthy to have them neutered if they aren't going to be using the womb for the purpose it was intended. So there's definitely medical advantages of neutering, both for male and female dogs. So for female dogs in particular, you take away the chance of them getting ovarian or uterine cancer, cancer of the womb, because the organ isn't there anymore, so it can't can't get cancer. But more commonly, what we see is a condition called pyometra, which is where... um, Pyometra, yeah. Which is where the womb fills with pus, essentially. Um, Yeah, very nasty. Dogs get very ill from it. And the treatment for that is essentially a spay, but it's much more high risk, as you can imagine, there's a bag of pus in the abdomen. Um, It's not not a nice surgery and and potentially can have a lot of complications. So obviously the way to avoid that is to have your dog neutered. And and pyometra, we we classically see in in older dogs. So it's not something a dog would get the first couple of years of their life. It's often when when they're a little bit older. The other thing, advice, well, we always used to give is um, if you get your dog neutered early, and by early, I mean before their first season or even between, well, so what, what between the first season, so there? that's six months, okay. or even after the first season, is that you reduce their chance of them developing mammary tumors. So breast cancer, really. Again, a really common cancer of, of um, older dogs, and definitely the rate is higher in a dog that hasn't been neutered versus dogs that have been neutered. Now, recently, there's a lot of research going into what's the best age of neutering, are there differences between breeds, and there definitely are. So there is a known link between neutering and incontinence, urinary incontinence. So, In both sexes? Mainly female dogs, particularly larger dogs, um, so dogs over 20, 25 kilograms. So what, what we're talking like, Great Dane, No, even, even like your Labradors German and actually Shepherd. Springers, I think, are one that's commonly implicated as well. They're, they don't fall within that weight range, but they're sort of the exceptions. Oh, okay. So Springers and then Labradors, um, Golden Retrievers, um, Weimaraners, Vizlas, those sort of um, and pointers, is that it does seem like they're more likely to develop urinary incontinence when they have been neutered versus if they're kept entire. Right. You then have to start weighing things up. I've heard uh, many vets say before, well, I'd rather treat a urinary incontinence with a syrup because we have medicines for this to to help with the incontinence and help with bladder strength and, 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 and tighten the muscle, essentially. I'd rather have to treat that than have to treat mammary tumors and a dog having surgery. Yeah. 
And this is where, you know, you need to have that discussion with your vet and, and weigh up the pros and cons. There have been some studies that have shown in, in some breeds like Rottweilers, particularly neutering increases their chance of getting bone cancer at a later age. Oh, really? But again, we don't have big studies. We don't have big numbers. So it's really hard. You know, what I would say is don't expect your vet to say this is the right answer and this is the best option. It's weighing up the it's pros and cons. And, white. and that's even without going into behavior, which I'm now looking at Claire for, because Uh-oh. again, that's a whole other minefield, isn't it? So I don't think we should say oh, all male dogs must be neutered at six months because we're going to prevent again, testicular cancer, prostate problems are much reduced if they're neutered. And then it's um, supposed to be aggression supposed to be reduced well, as well, but no chance with my Jack Russell. If, if, if that behavior, I think hopefully Claire will agree with me, if Behaviour, a lot of that is in the head. Yeah, hormones play a role, but it's in the head. What I've always heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, is, you know, you've maybe got an aggressive dog. Often aggression is fear-related. If you don't take away their last bit of bravery, their testosterone, it's quite likely you're going to make things worse. So. I'm going to hand over to Claire to expand a little bit more on that. Um, Yeah, I mean, I can absolutely agree. It's a hot topic at the minute, like between vets, between trainers. um, We don't have masses of research in this country on it, so it does make it difficult. Why is that? Because people can't make money out of it. Yeah, I don't know. The studies just aren't there. And I guess you're often looking, we say retrospectively, so you're looking at old records and seeing what happened, but it's very difficult to ethically as well to set this kind of study up so you're going to get 20 Labradors and 10 you're going to neuter and 10 you're not knowing that the 10 you're not going to neuter are more likely to get this potentially and so there's breed specific aspects yeah so it's a big thing so in terms of behavior what we would say is so in male dogs you're absolutely right The, the testosterone is a bravery hormone if you look at a six-month-old dog versus an 18-month-old dog, there'll be huge differences in their development and their state of mind. If you have a behavioural problem, it's a go-to point for a lot of people to think I'll neuter my dog and then I'll deal with it. The problem then for somebody like myself coming in, I can't give you that back. So if you've already taken that away, but essentially I look at the dog and I'm thinking very often, I really wish that I had some testosterone to come in here because it's what we really need. So neutering a male dog will only change or potentially change testosterone related behavior. So male on male aggression, scent marking, things like that. So if you've got a problem with separation anxiety something like that it's unlikely to make a difference and actually potentially makes these problems more difficult for you so that's really important to take into account for me i would want to see a dog grow up and mature mentally as well as physically properly before we neutered so what it, age? Really dog dependent. So in your smaller breeds, if you're looking at something like... Jack Russell Parsons, here we go. <laughs> give, me, give me some personal advice um, Yeah, so if you're looking at something like a, a smaller terrier breed or something like a chihuahua, something like that, you're going to look at something like that and... A, God, I've seen chihuahuas at 17 and 18 weeks old that are like dead mature. So the smaller the dog, the quicker they reach maturity, both physically and mentally. So you might be in a position at six months to neuter that dog and it might be fine. If you're looking at something like a shepherd, a doberman, a rottweiler, a retriever, a dane, goodness me, they need to be growing up mentally and physically before I'd neuter. So I would 
again, it's really dog dependent, so I'd need to see the dog. Yeah. But as a generic piece of advice, I'm going to be looking at definitely over 12 months, probably 18 months to two before I'm thinking of neutering. We did ours at 40. I think he might have been 14, 15 months old. Yeah. So you, you were probably in a ballpark for the breed, I would say. Cool. You That's know? good to know. So if you are unsure absolutely speak to the vet because the vet has got knowledge that, that I wouldn't have the medical yeah, knowledge because the medical side of, of this is important also and speak to somebody like myself you know what I do I'm always going to be happy to speak to people about this decision I'll sit with you I'll chat it through we can assess the dog we can have a look just a sort of side note as well we spoke in an earlier podcast about puppies having a first fear impact stage eight weeks they have a second fear impact stage when they're coming into adolescence so breed dependent anywhere from five six months larger breeds have it a little bit later this is often a time where classically we're looking at neutering so if you take a dog in a second fear impact stage for neutering you are gonna have a problem you're gonna have a massive surgery like with the vet and all of these kind of things so if you are and you're taking away their bravery hormone just at the time when they actually do really really need need it. it yeah so absolutely it's a quite a big decision i think yeah definitely can i can i just ask a question so when you neuter a male dog how long does it take for the testosterone, for want of a better word, to drain out of the, their system? I mean, how long does it take for it to just oh, be you're putting gone? me on the spot now? But it'll be it'll be a few weeks oh, um, okay. at least. In well, I don't know the behavioural side of things might take longer. Yeah, it's about six weeks usually. Oh, so, right. oh that's interesting. I thought you were going to say like three months or something. No, about six weeks. So another thing as well that I've used more recently, and I'm having huge success with male dogs, and I don't know how we sit really from a veterinary perspective in this vets seem a little bit more reluctant with it but for me it's a good thing so if I'm doing behavioral work with a dog that's not neutered and I get that dog in a position where I think right we're I think we're ready to neuter but it's still a big thing there is a chemical castrate option Um, now I've personally used that in my own male as well yeah so um, an implant six months um and that takes away the testosterone, but not permanently. So what happens with that is you get to see what you'll get. So if you don't like it, you manage it for six months, but it's not the end of the oh, world. Right. So it's, it's, ir- it's, it's reversible. reversible. Yeah. yeah. So after six months, wow, it's going to wear. It's going to wear off. You're going to get the testosterone back, and then you see what you've got, and then you think, right, I liked that previous six months better than I liked the eighteen yeah. months yeah. before. And that I'm has no, to my dog. no detrimental effect on your dog or your puppy it's it's that's no, not that i've seen like their personality it just blocks their testosterone mm. release essentially so it, you see what you'll wow. get without it so it helps you to make that decision that's really interesting yeah. uh, a lot a lot to consider yeah. um, <laughs> but i think what i would say is for the majority of dogs nutrient is probably the way to go if, if we're just generalizing yeah. massively yeah. i would say think yes i'm gonna new to my dog the exact timing when that's a little bit more complicated but you know what you're saying the mess with seasons but also male dogs that will try yeah. and oh, get boy. to her yeah. and sometimes it's incredible <laughs> what they you know they'll come from miles away because they'll they'll smell her and break into your house so she might try and break out of the house wow, to get yeah. to male dogs lots um, of things like that you know you Gosh. don't want her getting caught and then having to deal with a litter or having to go to the vet to have there are injections he can give to you know stop a pregnancy 
but it's just all things you probably don't need in a so busy life. That's quite so. good now because you are now heavily armed with information <laughs> and you can go back home to your partner and go, all right, she's being done. Yeah, I Do mean, you want all this to happen? I, I would totally agree. As a generalisation, I'd be very pro-neutering. Yeah. Get it done, just work out when you're going to do it yeah. and do it at the right time. But, yeah, it, it, for most people, yeah, managing seasons, like you say, is difficult, you know. And also from a male dog perspective, a lot of male dogs, if they're heavily testosterone-driven, struggle with a bitching season around. And so when you're walking and makes problems, you know. So I think overall, yes, but just timing, let's get it right. Yeah. Okay, so if in doubt, go and talk to your vet. And if you want some more behavioural related advice, talk to somebody like Claire. I'm just going to read your T-shirt again at North... Uh, North Canine Training. North Canine Training. And you're based in? Uh, We're based in West Yorkshire. We travel, we do stray out of West Yorkshire (laughs) occasionally, Uh, but we have online things as well like that and phone calls and Skype and these kind of things. So we can help you, yeah. That's amazing. So all the notes for that will be in the podcast notes. Carlene, thank you so much. Is there anything else you'd like to add about neutering? Covered quite a lot. Maria, have you got any questions about Anything to do with neutering that you'd like to ask Colleen with the, in relation to rags? Um, it's not necessarily in relation to rags because I'm fairly determined as to what's going to happen. <laughs> um, but you do hear a lot, whether it's in stores or just talking at dog classes and things where people saying, oh, well, no, she needs to have one litter. Oh, oh. God. No. <laughs> No, no, no. Oh, that's such a touch yeah. the nerve. Urban, urban myth. Absolutely. Going, having a season or having a litter is not going to mature or have any health benefits for your dog. So absolutely not. I think with cats, you often hear that as well. Yeah. Now, you know, rescue centers are full of dogs um, unless you really want to breed for a particular reason um, and that, you know, you want a litter and, and you want to go through that experience. That's because you want it. I wouldn't say it's got any benefits for the dog. So yeah, absolutely not. I, I'd, I'd agree. You know, people think it's going to be a really easy thing to do as well. There's a lot of difficulties. Um, you put your bitch at, at risk. risk. Absolutely. So they're not driven by the same need like in people. You know, we don't have that. It's a different biological need. And I think, yeah, I think there are enough dogs. So for me, again, I'm not anti-breeder, but professional breeders who do this because it's what they do for the improvement of a breed, not, it's of no benefit to the average female dog at all. One thing I, I, I would say, I think the link there has been shown is that dogs when they're neutered are maybe a little bit more prone to becoming overweight because their metabolism is a a little bit um, lower than an unneutered dog Um, so that's just something to keep in mind and we can maybe cover that more in the nutrition episode but which is um, the next one I believe you you should always you should always be careful with how much you you feed your dog and and watch their waistline but yeah once your dog is neutered be extra aware okay so nothing unmanageable you don't need to starve them so it's just something to be aware of but if in doubt always just go and quiz your vet go and get a consultation and and you can get all these questions answered and just be reassured by a professional yeah i don't know if this is a good place to sit this or not but just i would love to just briefly touch on insurance and just say that just absolutely look at getting good pet insurance please please because if 
we're in that worst case scenario and something's happened and you need to rush dog to the vet the last thing that you want on your mind I can tell you this through experience unfortunately is money can I afford to give my dog the best treatment you want to be able to walk in there sign the form pay the excess give my dog everything please absolutely so yeah insurance it's a huge thing and a decent policy research the policy i mean everybody says oh well i'll just save and you know just put it in the account and use it when it happens you don't know what's going to happen my um, buddy just literally jumped up vertically grabbed a ball and ripped his um couple of his vertebrae and so luckily i had the life plan yeah so now he's he's got you know if anything happens to his spine from and you know he was only seven when he did it and he's got that long life plan. So if anything else happens, I'm covered. It's it's so yeah, worth doing. Absolutely. This isn't a sales pitch, folks. This is, <laughs> no, no, no. This is just such again, a vital thing. Your vet thing. can help you yeah. with what to look out for. If you've got a couple of policies and you're not sure or you don't know what you're looking for, your your vet should be able yeah. to help you yeah, with that. Yeah, definitely. But it, it's, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, the pair of you must have seen so many horrendous things that... And, mm. and it's really hard when, when people come and, you know, the dog's really poorly and you know there is a solution potentially there, but it's not an option because yeah. of cost. It's really hard. And, you know, it's not only hard when you're the owner, it's hard for nurses and vets who are involved as well because you want to do what's best for that animal, but, you know, it, co- it costs money, unfortunately. Thank you then to Maria and um, also Rags, who she passed out on she's the floor. She's not moved, I think. This she's just a sweet, she's <laughs> model the most, puppy. <laughs> the most chill puppy in the world. Uh, thank you very much to you two for um, making the journey to come and see us again. Thank you to Carleen, our, our vet and head of pets, and to Claire North of North Canine Dog Training for all your expertise and friendly advice. Thank you so much. I think the next episode we're going to touch upon is all about nutrition. So um, if you guys would um, join me again to uh, give your advice, that'd be great. Uh, thanks and tune in. Don't forget to read all the notes, subscribe, share. Anybody you know that's got a puppy or generally interested in animals, share. And uh, we'll be back soon um, with another episode all about food and nutrition. Bye. Bye.